0: You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder Basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Because I love it here. And it's just, you know, one of those places you have to uh, escape off to when life gets a little bit crazy. And so I did two times in one month, which is kind of... Insane and bizarre, and probably won't happen again. But uh,
1: it's been really fun, and yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's Oklahoma sucks right now. It's there's nothing. There's nothing to do. It's it's way too damn hot. Um, there's not that much thunder news out there. Um, but we made a promise that we would do two to three podcasts a week, even during the off season. And this is kind of the beginning, Madison. This is kind of this is kind of the beginning of. When people say the NBA offseason, this is truly the offseason. We're we're recording this on July 31st, so when we wake up tomorrow, when most of you uh, wonderful subscribers and listeners listen to this OKC82 podcast, uh, it'll be August 1st, and that's pretty much the month of nothing. The month of absolutely nothing. The month of, um, I, I guess, player grades. The month of... Previewing potential lineups, previewing potential trades. Like I've got this idea, Let, let's try and create content this way. So, um, just prepare yourselves, Thunder fans. It's going to be what was such a roller coaster off season, and Madison, kind of a roller coaster that none of us obviously expected, and we don't really need to go right. into all that nonsense. But now it's just going to kind of hit a, a absolute thud, unless Chris Paul is. Um, Traded randomly, but it'd be kind of weird considering uh, the Oklahoma City Memorial Museum and the Thunder have kind of like broadcasted as much as they can. Oh, Chris Paul's here, and he went to the mm-hmm. museum. I, I don't know if you got a chance to see those pictures of them walking around touring the museum. It did. Yeah, it's um. I, I guess Chris Paul did he not go to that um when he was here with the Hornets? I mean, who knows? I
0: have no idea but I mean I agree I agree with you Brady like I think if anything was really going to happen I don't think the Oklahoma City Thunder would be putting it such on broadcast right now I think that's very important to them they always advertise how they take uh, new players and new guys that come into the organization they always take them to the Oklahoma City Memorial Museum and that's just a big thing if you're going to be a part of this team you're going to be a part of this city and if you're going to be a part of this city then you need to go back and learn a little bit of history about the city and just really what makes it up. So I think that's a very crucial thing that they do for the players here is take them to uh, the Memorial Museum. And, of course, they did put out pictures. We uh, could see Chris Paul in those pictures. We saw uh, Shea gilgers Vander, We saw the rest of the guys that were there. It was just, you know, that's a big thing. And so I'm not exactly on my toes waiting for something crazy to happen, with this team right now because I think right now they're they're starting to put out there that right now this is what we're working with. Uh, This is what fans can expect to see on the court when uh, preseason games start. And I mean, that could very well change, but I just, I don't know. It doesn't exactly light a fire underneath me to think that something crazy is about to happen with some of these new guys, especially Chris Paul. I really think the Thunder are trying to get Thunder fans excited for Chris Paul to be uh, in a thunder uniform here
1: in a couple of months. Oh yeah, um, I mean you can you can tell already like their social media presence is really ramping up. Like t- today was it was either today or yesterday was Hamidou Diallo's birthday, and mm-hmm. they of course put all the stops out on that. Um, they put out like on their Instagram account they put out like this get to know Shay Gilgis Alexander clip and I was like, okay, what, what are they going to do? And it was all it was, was just like a 10 second clip of get to know Shea Gilgis Alexander and then nothing. <laughs> so, so I guess they're, I, I, know him. I guess the thunder <laughs> are still trying to like, get to know this guy. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see like how the thunders media social media presence really grows because this is, um, you, you know, before the time of Twitter, which is it's going to be hard for a lot of people to remember, but there was a time before you were a slave to your your cell phone, looking down and seeing like uh, what's the latest tweet from Madison Morris. Um, there was a time before that that kind of coincided with when the Thunder actually came to Oklahoma City. I mean, I started, I think I started tweeting like consistently around 2011, 2012. And fortunately for the Thunder 2008, um, 2009, they were, they were bad 2009, 2010, they made the playoffs. So their fame kind of came organically just from their team. And now not only do they have to hopefully prepare for the future in terms of gathering up draft assets, gathering up as many uh, young players as possible, if, and when Chris Paul is ultimately traded Um, until that time trying to be as competitive as you can be to not only keep your fan base engaged, keep your uh, fans entertained, but also, you know, we've kind of talked about this before, Madison, as easy it is to say, like, all right, screw it, just let's just tank, let's get the best draft pick we can possible, let's just throw out a bunch of rookies out there, and then maybe somebody will you know, maybe like Hamadou Diallo, Deontay Burton, Darius Basley, maybe one of them, the green light comes on because they're basically thrown into the fire. Uh-huh. But I, I don't know. I'm a big proponent of, you can't just teach these young guys how to lose. You, you don't want to throw them out there and just to indirectly say, we don't think you're that good. We know you're not that good. And we want to lose. If you create <laughs> a losing environment and all these new guys that you end up drafting in the next few years, they're coming into that. That's just not the culture that you want. That is the exact opposite of the culture that the Thunder have had um, going back to the KD, Russ days, KD, Russ, James Harden days. So um, I I completely understand the need and the the desire from fans that, yeah, tank, get a high draft pick. But I think there is still a little bit of value in at least being a hard um, fighting team, uh, a team that can win, you know, I think Vegas put their uh, win-loss over-under at 30-and-a-half. You know, if they win 35-36 games, th- that's, that's, I think that that's completely fine. That's something that I would be, if I was a Thunder fan, I would be happy with.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not like a terrible thing if this is really what they're trying to go for this season, because you have to keep fans engaged. You have to keep people engaged. You really just have to keep the world engaged in your team because you don't want to become irrelevant. And exactly what Brady was saying, you don't want to create an environment to where guys are going to walk in uh, not necessarily walk in but have to be like drafted into the Thunder organization just to say like oh, like that's not what I want this is not where I want my professional career to begin because you don't want to be a part of a team that just doesn't care about stuff and kind of is of Day School in uh, the area of winning and creating a competitive and positive environment for these guys to start their careers in and so I mean yeah it's a, it's a pretty spot on thing but Right now, I just, I don't know. I'm trying and trying to kind of pick my brain and pick the brains of, (laughs) I guess, the Oklahoma City Thunder organization right now, just seeing what the season is going to be. I mean, I just, I don't even know. I think it's going to be very different from the past couple of seasons for the obvious reasons. Of course, you're not going to have guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George out there, but you're just, you're going to have kind of I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a weird environment because Thunder fans aren't necessarily used to this over the past like I don't know like five or six years they've been they've been very fortunate to be able to pile into Chesapeake Energy Arena and see just a very competitive and star power and very well driven organization go out there and try to do something fantastic but now it's I I don't know I mean this is just me guessing I guess but I, I don't see it being like that this season. I, I think that's going to be kind of a factor that people are taken back by. But also I could be very wrong, and they could really be trying to – I don't want to use the term rebuild because that's kind of a term that people are laughing ne- at now. Ne- but neither
1: does Sam Presti. He doesn't want to yeah. use that word at all.
0: <laughs> I guess nobody wants to use that word. So I, I mean, for lack of a better word, I think that they're going to try to do something along those lines. Um, I think the big question is, is is it going to work? Like, is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be something exciting to watch? And I think it's going to be very telling in the first couple of months of season. Yeah. And so, I I, I mean, just real quick, wrap up my thoughts. Like, I'm just, I'm eager to see it. But honestly, it's just, I I think it's going to be weird and people just need to buckle up and get ready for it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going, like, fans can be as prepared as they want to be, you know, like... I've seen it. Like, a lot of people are already resigned to the fact that the Thunder are not going to be very good. In fact, they might go through stretches where they lose eight, nine, ten games in a row. Like, that's. That is. Not at all the realm of possibility. You can sit there and say right now, in the end of July, beginning of August, that okay, like I'm fine with it as long as it ends up being something you know worthwhile in the end. Once you're actually in it, it's it's a different. It is a much different story. So I mean, Thunder fans are going to be tested, but this fan base has been through so much. Like I'm I'm pretty confident that they'll be able to soldier through it. But you know, I just wanted to touch on a, a little bit more. Just Kind of this idea, um, like, I understand it's hard to really get excited about Chris Paul with the Thunder. And maybe, maybe excited is kind of the wrong word, but see the importance of having Chris Paul on the team. Because, you know, at this point, July 31st, that's the reality moving forward. Until he's traded, I'm going to start evaluating this team as we get closer to the um, beginning of preseason I gotta start evaluating this team, prognosticating this team, with Chris Paul leading it. So until he's traded, I, I, like that, this is just how my mode is going to be. Um, now, to sit here and say, you know, if Chris Paul just mentors Shea Gilgis Alexander, if he does this and that, then you know, th- th- then the Thunder can get the most out of this. That's going to be difficult, just because Chris Paul is a winner. He wants to he wants to win. I, mean, I should say that cuz I know everyone's going to say, "He hasn't been to the finals, Brady." Who cares? You know, he's not a winner. Um he he's a winner in his mind. He's won a lot of games. He's a high-end level player still in this league. He doesn't want to be a part of a team that is <clears throat> repositioning and replenishing. He doesn't want to be a part he doesn't want to be a part of that. He wants to be a part of something else, but in order for him to get to that to that level that he wants to be, whether on a different team, he's got to be a good soldier in all this. And so him doing all those things that are like the best case scenario of of a, of human nature of being a little bit more selfless than you have been over the last few years, uh, taking the time to maybe not scream at a second year player for not being in the correct spot. But maybe showcasing with your intellect and the way that you see the floor, communicating it in a different um, way—that is how it's going to really help the Thunder out. And then in the meantime, like it's like it's been said, you know, it's not just been said on this podcast; it's been said on other podcasts. It's been said by pretty much every other Thunder fan out there. The roster is above-average talent. It has there is a nice starting five on this team. And then once you get to like the sixth man and Dennis Schroeder, it's pretty good. And then past that, eh, just really depends on if Andre Robertson comes back, you know, the death is going to be an issue, but there is a blueprint for this team to be, I guess like the Clippers were last year, like probably much worse than the Clippers. And like, they're not (laughs) going to make the playoffs, but just a team that has an identity. Um, and mainly their identity is just high energy grit all those silly corny ass cliches that people don't want to really hear right now. But um, basically this just plays into, you don't want Shea Gilgis Alexander to just be a loser. You don't want Hamadou Diallo, Deontay Burton, and now Darius Baisley as a rookie. You don't want them to be going into their second, third and fourth years in the NBA. Just, uh, eh, we're going to lose tonight. Eh, we're going to lose tonight. Eh, we're going to lose tonight. You don't want that. So, um, as, as, you know, as I think moving forward, I'm kind of excited to cover this team. Uh, It's not going to be the same type of excitement as we've been accustomed to. It's not going to be the same type of excitement that Thunder fans are accustomed to, but I think that the Thunder are in a weirdly very good position. Um, A lot of things have to go right, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. A lot of things have to go right that are pretty much out of their control, but they at least have the blueprint in-house to build something, uh, build something successful back to where it was a few years ago.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I completely agree. I just, I think, like, <clears throat> I think it's going to be, I'm trying to get like my, my thoughts in order right now, but I think it's going to be a little weird. Like, obviously I've said it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit weird. But I'm with you, Brady. I am excited to cover this team this year because it is going to be different. I think it brings a little bit more excitement to Oklahoma City. I think this is going to intrigue. A lot of people it's not going to be super comfortable i guess because it's not going to be something that people are familiar with but i really do think this is going to draw a lot of attention around this team just because people are going to be intrigued by what's going to happen i think people will be excited to see chris paul out there for a little bit um there are a lot of people out there including myself who are a little skeptical about how well he's going to perform with this team uh whether he's going to feel ready to perform with this team but I mean, kind of what Brady was saying earlier on in this podcast. You know, you're not going to have these guys come together and just be satisfied and be okay with being mediocre. You know, it's just that's not exactly like something that's going to happen. So it's it's very um, it's very intriguing to me. It's very exciting to me in a sense, but it's also a little like not in like a fanatic way but it's a little nerving to me to see you know how this is gonna go because the last thing on earth I want to see is people lose hope in this team and people feel like it's just a waste of time to even pay attention to the team because that's when I feel like an, an organization goes downhill if they don't have people behind them if they don't have uh, the excitement, that just comes with having a sports team in that city and people filling the arena on a night to night basis, then you can see things go downhill. And I'm pretty sure I said this in a previous podcast, so my apologies for repeating myself, but it's also going to be up to Thunder fans to, you know, continue to support this team and, you know, not exactly throw them under the train <clears throat> if something goes wrong. It's just That's
1: our job, Madison.
0: Yeah, we throw them under the train. We say, we're allowed to say things on the radio. We're allowed to podcast and write things and make videos. But Thunder fans don't do that. Like, that's our job. We get paid to do that. So, we'll we'll just see what happens, yeah?
1: So, um, it's really going to be interesting to see, like, kind of going back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about how the Thunder social media presence, like it's slowly starting to grow steam just because they've got a, they've got a their their own optimism and their own momentum with this team. Like their jobs are going, just got a little bit harder over the last few weeks. They've got to hype their fan base up for this team. And I, I wonder what the game day experience is going to be like this year. I really wonder. And the only way I can really talk about this is by talking about it from a fan perspective. So, Indulge me for a second, Madison, because I know whenever I talk about OU stuff, OU athletics, OU football, you, you you just sit there and smile and roll your eyes in your head. Like I, 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 get, it. I get it. Honestly, I
0: just tune you out and <laughs> in my head. There you go. Because I feel like that's just like, the answer to everything. Uh-huh, Brady. Yes, uh-huh. yes.
1: You, you have my permission to tune me out, but the listeners... You're stuck. You're stuck listening to me. Uh, we have this podcast also acts as a virus. You cannot hit the pause button or stop or fast forward. So sorry, you're stuck with me. Just kidding. Um, no, OU football, uh, the University of Oklahoma football for our overseas listeners. Which shout out to you guys. You guys are amazing. But the University of Oklahoma, which is the the college I went to. Their game day atmosphere is fun just because there's ninety thousand people in the stadium, and the football team that we're all there to watch is usually good, uh, very good. Other than that, their OU's uh, customer service, and that's kind of how how I view it. How they keep fans engaged, how they just the things that they do up until recently has been so lack luster and it's because they don't have to work hard OU's season ticket uh waiting list is in the tens of thousands so if 10,000 people just decide we don't want to buy it we don't want to pay money for our season tickets 10,000 people just slide right in they don't have to do that much in order to build momentum to build hype for, for the football product that they're putting out into the field because they know fans are going to be there regardless OU can have a bad season where they only win eight games and fans are still going to pack the stadium and then fans are going to be back game one the following season because they're going to get excited. It's That's just the way it is. Now, if OU goes through something like five or six years of being average and terrible, that's when OU's lack of customer <laughs> service kind of bites them in the ass. Um, so... That's that's how I view things. Um, I'm obviously not a fan of the Thunder anymore, um, but I will say, Madison, and maybe it's just because we're there 41 nights out of the year covering um, every home game and then the handful of away games, but even seeing some of these away games, Madison, Denver and Dallas... The atmosphere in the arena is a little bit more fun. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean loud. The fan like Oklahoma City's fan base is loud and when when they want to get loud, it's deafening. Um, but I've been to arenas where I could probably walk away and say, "You know what? The game day atmosphere was more enjoyable." Maybe it was just because it was my first or second or third time in these respective arenas, but it's just going to be something that the Thunder are going to have to thank really long and hard about do we want to just be cookie cutter do we w- want to just basically rely on the product on the floor that we have they can't do that anymore because they don't have russell westbrook they don't have paul george they don't have guys on the team that draw nationally televised games every single week like the thunder aren't going to be on national tv that much this year so i from from an outside perspective i'm just interested to see how the game day atmosphere changes how the social media presence continues to grow i'm just interested to see how that all plays out
0: honestly i am too because okay yes spot on well okay brady and i were in denver back in february and pepsi
1: arena is that it not only is it really nice but the sound system was great they had a cool ass light show
0: they did yeah it was
1: like a pink floyd concert it was awesome (laughs) No,
0: that place was rocking, and those people were so passionate about Nuggets basketball. They love Nuggets basketball. Like we, I think our little media table is just right there in the center of everyone, and that place was so loud. And yes, Chesapeake Energy Arena is super loud. Like Brady said, when they really want to be, this place is loud, and these fans. Oh my gosh, they love. Nuggets basketball and so it's just it's very interesting to go to other games and see how other fan bases react because yeah we were also in Dallas and that was a very exciting game for the Mavericks fans because uh, they did end up beating the Thunder kind of at the last minute it was very exciting for them and so you know I am very curious just like Brady said he is about how the season is going to go how the excitement is going to be is going to be like and just you know the Everything is about social media nowadays, and I honestly hate having to admit that, but it's just the truth of the fact, like, everything is about social media. That is how people really relay messages across to the world. That's how they keep people updated. That's how they stay engaged with the community. That's just a big thing, and so I'm just kind of wondering, you know, the Thunder Instagram and Twitter, they do a fantastic job, I think, But, you know, they're not going to have Russell Westbrook now. They're not going to have Paul George. They aren't exactly going to have one of those, like, big-time players that everyone across the world talks about. I mean, I I might be (laughs) saying something offensive, not including, like, Steven Adams or Chris Paul in this conversation. But, I mean, it's just like Chris Paul is going to be new in Oklahoma City, so it's not going to be, you know, the most spectacular thing to just post his face all over. He's not going to be the face of Oklahoma City just like that and obviously Steven Adams yeah he's been here since day 1 and he has worked his, like he has just worked his booty off and done some incredible things for the thunder but you know he's not exactly the player that's always featured on the social media ad and so i i mean it's really going to be crucial and i'm not trying to tell the Oklahoma City Thunder how to do their job but it's going to be so crucial to keep fans just super super engaged with this team because you're not going to have Russell Westbrook's face to put out there anymore you're not going to have Paul George you know, yelling and pumping the crowd up. It's just, it's going to be different. It's going to be a task and you're going to have to really, um, just keep people engaged with this team and keep them excited because that's so, so crucial throughout the season is keeping people excited.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, now that I think about it, Madison, um, it's one thing to lose games. The Thunder have lost their fair share of games over the last two seasons with Russ Westbrook and Paul George. But one thing that we could probably both say with full confidence um, and this is because I don't have their schedule results over the last two years right in front of me I don't remember a time where they were consistently destroyed over and over again where they just went through like such a bad funk that they lost by double digits over and over again I mean kind of the joke with the Thunder Madison has been they either win their games or they're or they get destroyed and then scratch and claw and piss us all off because okay we can write our game stories in the third quarter nope Here comes a 25-point comeback out of nowhere. Uh, Where was this offense before? Where was this energy and this tenacity beforehand in the first half? Okay, I guess it's a game now. we all got to pay attention. Like, it's one thing to lose games. The thing about Russell Westbrook was, yes, he probably wasn't going to ever win a title as the guy in Oklahoma City or just the guy on his own team just by the way he plays. Maybe that was never going to happen. But he was entertaining as hell. And yeah. not only are is this Thunder team not going to be as good, obviously, as they have been over the last few seasons, and especially four or five years ago, but they're going to be bad. they they have the yeah. capability to be. They lost by 15 points tonight. The next night they lost by 20. Uh, the the third game in the road they had to sit down Chris Paul for load management, and then they were destroyed. You know these are going to be not just losses. These are going to be bad bad losses. These are going they're going to be some bad games and. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a different team a type of team to cover and I can see it now I can see all the cliche headlines that I'll probably have to write myself because I'll be caught up in the moment when they win six games in a row oh this is the the new thunder culture of hard work and tenacity that has been absent from this franchise for the last five or six years and it's here now this is what you can look forward to so um, (laughs) there's gonna be so many different storylines and narratives but Um, Thunder, Thunder fans, you guys are going to be tested and they know that I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here like I'm an ivory tower. I don't know everything. You guys all know this, of course, but you know, it's, (laughs) it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun in kind of a bad, uh, pessimistic way.
0: (laughs) I mean, it is going to be fun. I'm just, man, I don't, there's... A couple of things I'm dreading about it, mainly like, I don't know, I it's not exactly like me being a fan type of thing, it's just me wanting to see uh, the organization that we're both covering succeed and have a lot of hype and positive energy around it. So I guess like the only thing I'm really dreading about it is that it... It almost, like, stings a little bit when you hear someone say something super awful about the team you're covering. Because you're just like, okay, that hits home a little bit.
1: Less people are going to read my work now. (laughs) The thunders suck. Yeah, they're like,
0: how do you guys even enjoy doing this? I'm like, yeah, okay, well, (laughs) hang on a minute. (laughs) But, I don't know, I just... I don't, there's so many like different thoughts that I have going into this upcoming season because it's going to be so different. Um, I have excitement about what's going to go on out there and like the new faces that are going to be part of this team and part of this city just because I have called Oklahoma my home for, oh God, I'm almost 24. So like about 24 years. It's just, I don't know. It's just interesting to see how fast things can change. But I also think it's such a great opportunity for people to experience something new and still stand behind their team. So, just, I, I don't, I, I keep saying, like, I'm eager to see the season start, which I am. But I also have some, like, I don't know, skepticism, don't know, skepticism about it, but, uh... <laughs> You know, it's going to be fun. I honestly do think we're going to have a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but that's what makes work entertaining. Am I right or am I right?
1: Madison, um, the people want to know. Like, the people, obviously, they want to know. They're screaming at me right now. What is one thing, not on the floor, Russell Westbrook, what's one thing that you're going to kind of... I don't want to say miss because what I'm about to describe is, you know we go into the locker rooms after games and you and I would always give each other that look of, we're going to be here for about 45 minutes before we even talk yep. to anybody. And then we have a podcast to record after we do our video stand-up. We've got a long night basically, but yep. that's probably out the window. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious. Is, is there what, what memory of the locker room over the last few years, you know, even before you and I started working together this past season, What's been the most memorable Russell Westbrook locker room memory that you have?
0: Uh, I think, uh, okay, so one of my favorite ones, uh, I have a couple of favorite ones about Russell Westbrook. I think it's going to be, um, the one where he, what, what was that that, that, that like Denver game where he just kind of dipped out and like didn't. Talked to us, and we were standing there for about an hour, and he was like, oh, I'm just going to go shoot around some more. Apparently, he did come back and talk.
1: Um, oh, yeah. I, we waited for like 45 minutes, and I was like, "Mass and screw this, because he was still in his jersey. Yeah.
0: <laughs> still in his, like, literally still sitting there in his uniform, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to happen, and it's almost midnight. Like, I'm losing my sanity just standing here. So that was probably, that was a good one right there. Um I really really enjoyed the one uh where he did finally come over and first thing he said was hey back up back up get off me back up back up
1: Oh really and which Chris one was like, that Which one was that Madison I don't remember Russell ever being threatened by personal uh, space
0: I have no there's just too many to count That's such honestly. a unique <laughs>
1: situation
0: Yeah and I just I I'll never forget that and like I totally respect Thunder PR and everything but like we couldn't even like begin anything until we were far enough back to where he had his little bubble ready to go and then we were given the okay to start questions and I'm just like seriously like dude we're not even like I don't know he was just very back up back up get off me back up and I'm like oh my gosh you just want a game it was I remember that because it was after a win and it was after a very good game of his and so I think I looked over at you Brady I'm like okay maybe this won't be that bad like Maybe he'll be in a good mood. I was so wrong. He was just so pissy that night, and he was, back up, back up, get off me. And I just like, all right, here we go. So that, that was, that's probably one I'll always remember as well. So good times in the locker room with Russell.
1: Yeah, like, I, I wish we could have... What What I should have done last year was just time every single locker room, uh, every little locker room session, because, okay, for for those who because um, I think OKC Dream Team John Ham, our good friend John Ham's on there. Um, I think they've kind of talked about this before, uh. But for those that don't listen to their podcast or other th- Thunder podcasts, um, which you guys should, you know, you, you can listen to ours and everybody else's. I listen to everybody else's because I like content. Um, but how the how the post game thing goes is we all rush from wherever we're sitting. Usually, I sit up in Cloud City, um, at Press Row. Sometimes I'll sit at what section 219 the mid-level press row I don't know but basically with like a few minutes left Madison and I we rush down to the floor and um, once all the players are off the floor um, doing post game interviews if they've won the game that is um, then we get to walk down that tunnel uh, by the Thunder Bench and we go into the Billy Donovan press conference uh, room it's the press conference room And Billy usually Mm -hmm. takes like 10 or 15 minutes in the locker room talking to the players. And then he comes in and talks to us. And then, of course, that press conference can last anywhere from five minutes to 15, 20, 25 minutes if questions are asked. And then he's done talking to us. And then we all get up and go out to the hallway and then get to go in the locker room. Uh, They open it up. I don't know. maybe, Maybe like 20 to 30 minutes Comple- like after the game has ended. So about 20 or 30 minutes, they finally open the door, and then we all go inside, and players are still either, um, may- most, most of them have had their jerseys off. Like they're in their towels, or they've already gotten out of the shower because they just want to get the hell out and go home. Um, so, you know, this whole process takes well over an hour and a half. Now, the whole point of that, Madison, was I wish I would have timed everything to get an average because I wonder if that average is going to significantly drop because um, I don't think Chris Paul is like that. Chris Paul can be a little moody at times because he's a human being and he's a comp- he's an athlete, and okay. I would be moody-, moody as hell if I lost a game and then had microphones shoved to my face about why <laughs> I sucked, but... Uh, I, I guess for us, let's give ourselves a pat on the back. We're not going to have as many late nights this year, so
0: yay. Honestly, you like have such a good point about that because I really, like, okay, th- this, I do not mean this in any disrespectful way at all, but let's take a look at the two people who were always holding us up in the locker room, Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and, and Steve, they are both oh, Paul George. now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, like, Paul George, he was always, like, super respectful to the media when he did come talk to us, but, my God, like, he was always the last person to get ready or to get showered and get ready and come over and talk to us. He'd keep us waiting for about an hour sometimes.
1: Paul Paul George was so bad, like, at practice. Yeah. I I don't know if, um, I I don't want to out him, um, but somebody else that does a Thunder podcast, if you've ever heard somebody joke about a Paul George haircut... (laughs) Um, and no context was given. So there was this one practice where um, uh, usually they give us two players to talk to, and then we talk to Billy Donovan on non-shoot-around day. So those are practices that don't occur on game days. So it's usually two players and Billy. And we had got the one player, we had talked to Billy, and for some reason, like me, uh, Eric Horn, Brett Dawson, Royce Young, like the the usual media that goes to practice the everyday practices. We all needed to talk to Paul George for some reason. And, you know, we just do the usual song and dance where we just kind of stand there on the practice floor and just wait for the players to come over and talk to us. And for whatever reason, Paul George was just shooting around. Then he went into like one of the training rooms and we just stood there for like another ten or fifteen minutes, and some and some people from the Thunder uh, PR staff came over. We we're like, "Yeah, we're still waiting for Paul." And he's like, "Okay, I'll let me go get him." He came back and was like, "Oh, he's getting a haircut." So we're like, "Okay, you know, he doesn't have that much. He doesn't have that much hair on his head already, so it it shouldn't take that long." About thirty five minutes later, we all went back into the media room because we still were waiting, and. I, I can't remember if, because I think I left. I, I left, and I never actually got a chance to talk to him. I can't remember if Paul actually came. I think he did. I think Eric and Brett stayed behind and got a chance to talk to him by themselves. So um, that that's, like, Paul was bad in practices. So um, mm-hmm. there were times in the locker room where he was a little, like, come on, man. Come on, dude. Yeah. Let, let's go home. <laughs> well,
0: I know. I'm like, man, we all want to go home like let's just let's just wrap this up like we can get this finished so fast if you just come over here and we talk to you and then we'll be out of your hair that was always my big thing i'm like if you guys just like throw a towel on or throw like a t-shirt on and come over here for like less than five minutes we'll be out of your hair and Can
1: you, you imagine can the power you can you imagine the power move if someone just did it naked because they already hate doing this they already hate the fact that we're in the locker room and in, in that respect I don't really blame them. I think it's weird that we have to go into the locker room, but hey, it's the process, and I appreciate the opportunity to do it. And um, hopefully, we keep we're able to keep doing it. Because if that gets taken away, who knows what else of our access gets taken away? But imagine the power move of I hate this. I'm just gonna do it naked, (laughs) no towel. Like there's no need to have your cameras pointing down at my feet. Look up at me, eyes up here.
0: That's true. Honestly, I would respect it. I don't want to see it, but I'd respect it because <laughs> it's just it's honestly the ultimate I don't care move. And <laughs> hell yeah, do it. Whatever. Russell
1: I don't care. Russell would have no problem saying back up to anybody. He wouldn't have to. <laughs> That's like, true. We like, Whoa. Be in the back with my eyes closed. Be like, ah! Uh, This podcast went off the rails. We're talking about naked Russell Westbrook. Now
0: we're talking about naked people. What's
1: (laughs) going on right now? That's Uh, what
0: happens, honestly.
1: Hopefully it's not Stephen Adams, because the guy's seven feet tall, so his waistline is like at some people's (laughs) eye level.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God i would probably just like i'd probably have to just like walk out of the locker room because i wouldn't even know what to
1: do it's chaos it's chaos at the 37 minute mark of the okca2 podcast um, literal chaos <laughs> madison really quick before we get out of here because um, i know you live to read my work um i'm did just you? curious did you read my article that i put out yesterday um, I have not read it yet,
0: because, <laughs> I am so sorry, I, no. like, I do, I do read everything that Brady puts out. You're on because, vacation,
1: Madison, you don't need to read anything.
0: No, I, I swear, I literally try to read stuff, like, before I fall asleep, which you're actually not supposed to be looking at your phone in bed, but I do
1: it anyway. Oh, I think that's and, bullshit. Well, yeah, oh, it's totally, but I'm absolutely
0: gonna read that tonight, because, like, obviously you're my coworker. worker you work hard on something, I'm gonna read it. <laughs>
1: Well, you're way too kind, Madison. Uh, uh, really quick, I, I, I kind of wanted to talk about it because, I mean, I, mean, I think it's an interesting thought, and uh, <laughs> I, I mean that in the most absolutely non-cocky way possible. Um, and like like everything, it, I'm not the only person that has had this thought before. I'm sure fans have had this thought. I know other media members have had this thought as well. We're all covering and following the same team, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, Madison, but the assistant coaching hires that the Thunder had a few weeks ago that were all essentially promotions or the return of Brian Keefe, who coached with the Thunder from 08 to 2013 uh, when he left with the Knicks and Derek Fisher, and most recently he coached on Luke Walton's staff with the Lakers. Now he returns to Oklahoma City. So promotions and returns. It doesn't strike me... It doesn't strike me as the type of hire, hirings um, that really hammer home that Billy Donovan is our guy. Now, yeah. as we all know, Billy is going into the final year of his deal. Um, there is a thought out there um, that is believed by a lot of people, fans and some media members, that maybe Billy Donovan is able to flex his muscles much more as a coach with younger players. Now, this, like we've said, this team doesn't isn't full of – young players yet like they have chris paul daniel gallinari steven adams like there are plenty of of dennis Schroeder, plenty of vets on this team but they're going to have to rely on younger players probably more frequently and deeper into the season than they have had to in the past because they've been in win now mode so you know with with the assistant coaching hires billy going into the final year of his deal um and then the thunder's obvious at some point they're going to have to rebuild I just don't know when we're actually going to have definitive answers as to what Billy Donovan's future is, because the other factor that kind of goes into this, and I touched on this, um, what thirty minutes ago now, this this part is out of the Thunder's control, and we we will not know this even if we ask Billy Donovan to his face. Do you want to coach? Do you like? Do you enjoy coaching the Thunder? Do you enjoy coaching in the NBA? He's going to, of course, say that he does. But maybe Billy Donovan doesn't want to be a part of a rebuilding process. Maybe he's been so burnt out on having to try and coach Russell Westbrook, having to try and coax um, Kevin Durant to stay, Paul George to stay, which he, you know, he he succeeded in doing initially. Maybe he doesn't want to be a part of this, and if that's a factor, then the Thunder are going to be left with probably promoting Mark Dagnall, who was one of their assistant coaching promotions from the Oklahoma City Blue. Um mm-hmm. And it it falls into the whole player development angle that they that the Thunder are going to have to really rely on. They have to develop all these young players. So, Madison, I'm just curious, um, like what your thoughts are if you've had any over the last few weeks about Billy Donovan coaching this team, and probably a a much dr- more different, drastic, drastically different team in the years um, following, if. Billy, if Billy Donovan is here and if the Thunder want to keep him around after his uh, contract's up?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I think it is kind of a refreshing thing to see uh, Billy Donovan have new guys by his side with all the new assistant coaching hires and like new guys coming in, guys leaving to go take other jobs. I think that might be a little bit refreshing for Billy just to not necessarily start over, but kind of wipe the like, slate uh clean a little bit and that doesn't really just go for the coaches it also kind of comes with the players because uh what you were saying Brady he that is a lot to coach a guy like Russell Westbrook and even Paul George he did have a little bit of time with Kevin Durant too that that's a lot for a guy and obviously Billy Donovan I do think he was capable of handling that but right now he has just prime opportunity to, and you've said this a million times, like I think Jerry and Chisholm, they've all said this, this is his prime opportunity to really showcase what kind of coach he is. Just because there there is a new group of guys coming in, but he also has guys like Steven Adams and um, just guys who have been on the scene like Terrence Ferguson. He, he has some guys that do know the type of coach he is, what it's like to play under him, but now he's going to have a chance to really just not necessarily start over, but just have... Have, I have a lot of fresh faces, have a lot of fresh talent, have a lot of young energy, but also have some vets like Chris Paul, uh, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams out there just doing what they know best and hopefully being a little bit more um, of a guy that's going to obey their coach. So, I don't know. Right now, I, I feel like Billy Donovan has a good year ahead of him. Like, I really do. I don't think that this is going to be the year that Billy just tanks and then he's done for it. And I could be totally wrong, but I do think that this is going to be such a prime opportunity for Billy Donovan to either change something up, to change his coaching ways, to have new guys by his side, kind of helping him out. Um, But he's going to have a new roster of talent. And I think that's going to be great for not only him, but just, like, Uh, the new assistant coaches that are going to be by his side. I think that's going to be something new to work with. It's going to be a new atmosphere at practice. It's going to be a new environment uh, just on the court during games. It's going to be all around just something different, and I really do think that's what, that may or may not be, but I personally do think that is uh, something important for Billy Donovan going forward with the Thunder right now. He just needed something different. He needed something fresh, and I think that really is going to help him out with you know guys i don't want to call them like big ego guys but you know guys that do have a lot of on-court and off-court personality um they're going different ways they're going to different places and so right now billy has a great opportunity to bring these younger guys in to bring these new faces in and work with the vets that have been there with him for a couple of years now he has a really great opportunity to collaborate all these guys together and make something special. And so I think he's going to do a great job. I don't think he's going to just absolutely tank this year. Uh, But like I said, I could be wrong. So I'm pretty optimistic about Billy this season. Um, I think he's going to have just a lot of good energy out on the court to work with, and he's going to have kind of like a fresh start with different guys to work with, but it's also going to be – Um, a time for him to maybe make adjustments in his coaching career uh, or just really figure out something new about himself and go forward with that.
1: You know, something I've always thought, Mass, and we'll kind of end the podcast with this, but something I've always been curious of, um, and I don't know, maybe I'll write about this someday, but but (laughs) Billy Donovan being hired the year that he was hired, 2015, going into the 2015-16 year, which was Kevin Durant's final year of his deal. Everybody knows, it's well documented that Sam Presti and Billy Donovan have thought the world of each other um, prior to necessarily working together with the Thunder. I really, really wonder if Sam Presti basically saw that opportunity to get Billy Donovan as Okay, I want him, like he's the coach that I want for this franchise moving forward absolutely. He like he, we are of the same mind in terms of player development, in terms of how a basketball team should be run. Um how he speaks to the media is exactly how I want a coach to speak to the media. He doesn't say anything, but he's he still gives us all great answers because he's just a very talented communicator and he's you know, he's a he's a really nice person. You know, Billy Donovan's a very nice guy. Um yes. but I wonder I wonder if Presti thought in the back of his mind, you know, Kevin Durant could leave this team. And if he leaves, maybe Russell Westbrook leaves this team as well. Because all it took was Kevin Durant to leave, and then Russell then went to Sam Presti and said, what can we do? So Mm -hmm. there must have been a thought in Presti's mind who has to plan for every scenario that if Kevin Durant leaves, Russell Westbrook is more than likely like, all right, where are you you trading me? Like, I, I want out. Maybe, ideally, Presti wanted Billy Donovan to coach a team like what the Thunder are going to be, more than likely. Not this season, obviously, because they're still fairly talented and have vets, but I wonder if if he has always wanted Billy to coach the team that the Thunder are ultimately going to be, which means young players and guys who are not established superstars. Like Shea Gildas-Alexander could be an all-star in year three, but he's not going to be anywhere near, more than likely, the type of trans- transcendent superstar as a Kevin Durant or as transcendent of an athlete. Um, he, Russell was a superstar in his own right, even before he became an MVP-type player. He he was the fashion icon in the NBA. Yeah. So I, I really wonder if that was ever a thought in Sam Presti's mind. And it's kind of out there. It's kind of weird. And I know some people that listen to this show that might... <laughs> They might, if they get this far in this particular episode, they might come up to me and say you're an idiot. But you know, it's just it's just a thought that I've had. But because um, I, I think Billy's go, sh- I, I think Billy, unless he just doesn't want to be a part of it, or he apps this season just fails, I think <laughs> I think the team that the Thunder are going to become in the short term, that's the type of team you want Billy coaching, and then he'll be able to implement a system that if they grow into a, a, another successful era of a team. You want that consistent voice, so I think this is the opportunity that Billy Donovan and the Thunder have probably, probably been waiting for for his coaching, and now we just got to be a little patient, because like, like you, I'm curious to see what he's able to throw out there as a coach.
0: No, I mean, I I think you nailed it right there. I don't even have much to follow up with it on, just, um, I I... Am wishing the best of luck to Billy this season. I he really is such a kind person, and he's so respectful to the media when he comes to talk to us. And I think we use this example a lot. But if you're going to be respectful to us, like I, I like you because it's it's not rare, but it's very appreciated, <laughs> especially when you're really tired. And uh, yeah, you just you really appreciate the people who go out of their way to be kind and friendly.
1: So boom. good
0: luck to Billy, and uh, yeah,
1: boom, mic but- drop. But yeah, um if you want to read up a little bit more like the the story I, I wrote, it's on thefranchiseok.com. Um also really quick, Mass, before we get out of here, I just want to give a cool little shout out to some consistent listeners of ours. Um specifically Nathan McCollum, uh which I, I hope I said your last name right. I, I wanted to say McCollum, like CJ McCollum, but hopefully it <laughs> there's there's Us in there, so I'm gonna say uh, McCollum. Uh, Dirty Bob Magoo, um, that's his name, his or her, his or her name on Twitter. <laughs> and then uh, our our friend Kelly Lisenby, the uh, lovely wife of, of our good friend at the station, Todd Lisenby. Um, you guys have been really supportive about you know basically listening to the podcast on Twitter. And every time you guys tweet about it, um, I know it makes Madison feel really good. It, ma- it certainly makes me feel really appreci- appreciative. Um, when you do all these podcasts, when you, when you try to be consistent, um, just remembering that some people are still listening on the other side, it uh, means a lot. Also, uh, DB out in the panhandle of Oklahoma, thank you guys so, so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast.
0: Yes, I love it. Thank you all so much. It really does um, I mean a lot. Like exactly what Brady said, whenever we get interactions on Twitter, it's just kind of cool you know, to see that people are listening to our podcast and... Um, enjoying or hating. I don't know, but they are listening.
1: So <laughs> like it's Screaming awesome. or throwing their phones.
0: Screaming. I hate everybody, <laughs> but it's awesome. No.
1: no um, also, I guess one more little news dump. Um, in typical Brady fashion, I say one more thing, and then I end up saying two more things. <laughs> um, the Thunder released their preseason schedule. Madison, you will be with me on my birthday. Uh, the Thunder's hey. first preseason game uh, is October 8th. My, let's see, I'm, God, I'm turning 29. Oh my God. 29 will be in Tulsa at the BOK Center for that. We'll actually get to cover all, potentially, unless you're busy, Madison, we'll get to cover every single preseason game because they play Dallas in Tulsa October 8th. Then two days later, they play um, uh, the New Zealand Breakers in Oklahoma City. And then they play their only road game in Dallas. And then follow up with the final game at home against Memphis. So we could cover, we can go cover a preseason game. Honestly, uh, sounds like
0: a party to me. I'm
1: in. Yeah, let's go party down in Dallas. It'll be fun. But um, yeah, Yay. Ma- Madison, thank you for taking an hour out of your Colorado trip um, to podcast with of, me. Of course. Yes, yes. Everybody, thank you all so much for listening to the OKC 2 podcast. Madison, are you going to be back on Saturday.
0: I am going to be back on
1: Saturday. We're going to have an awesome awesome show. Hell yeah. Let's do this thing. All righty then. Everybody, thank you guys so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. For Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a good night.